One Nation. One Nation Sports. Welcome to One Nation Radio, hosted by me, Richard Latta. I'm a writer on WhatCulture.com and PWMania.com, and one man, Jack of all trades. And James Boyd, who's never met a sports debate he didn't like. We're a pro wrestling podcast, a sports podcast, a music podcast, all rolled in one. If you want to send us feedback or questions, our Twitter information is as follows. At One Nation Radio, at DangerRich32, or at JDizzy87. If you want to email us also, we take questions at RadioOneNation at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show now on iTunes. The link is in our Twitter bio. Or you can check the right side of the page at OneNationRadio.Podomatic.com. Please rate it and tell a friend. A couple other sites you can find us at for instant streaming and more are OneNationSports.WordPress.com or ForeverWrestling.Tumblr.com. And if you want to get with us immediately, check out the Wrestling Circle on Facebook. Now that you've heard how to reach us, let's get to the show. One Nation Radio! Welcome back to One Nation Radio. This is um, Richard Laddams sitting here via phone with James Boyd. James, what's going on, man? Not much. Just phoning it in. Phoning it in. Hopefully it'll be a lot better than mailing it in. Um, Oh, no. When I said phoning it in, I meant the same thing. Like, I mean... You know how they have, uh, you say, you know, you put the stamp on it, or, you know, I put the collect card on it. How about that? <laughs> uh, it was a big week in wrestling. Um, we've seen the development of WrestleMania a little bit more. Um, what's up to all the listeners? Hope you guys have been enjoying all the shows. Um, also, if you guys are looking to sponsor One Nation Radio, if anybody's out there listening, uh, you can drop us an email, radio1nation at gmail.com. We'll get that up popping for you. Um, you know, so we can keep bringing this to you free of charge. Um, James, what's going on, man? Not much, man. Ready to rock and roll. Alrighty. Um, this week, we actually, um, we, we, we listened to the show back. We instantly, like, killed it last week. Like, we, we thought it was probably the worst show ever. But we listened to it back, and it wasn't as bad. Probably the last ten minutes, but we've um, decided to come up with with a uh, show sheet, you know, and try to stick to it, just to be a little bit more efficient for you guys. So, any thoughts on that, James? No. Are you going to give them like a table of contents at the beginning of the podcast, or are you are you going to run it? Nah, they they got to stick around. We're going to run it. <laughs> y'all, y'all gotta stick around. I, I want my listens. I want my stats. No, well, I mean, I don't know how that, how that exactly works, but I know some podcasts they'll have like a table of contents, like they'll play their whole, they'll you know run out the whole entire podcast, go back and listen to it or whatever to certain marks, certain points, certain things out. Yeah. Um, but like, I mean, you're the you're the podcast editor, so that's on you. <laughs> I know if it was me, I probably wouldn't do that shit, but this will be you. Um. But um, first segment, we're um, we're gonna we're gonna go into two different things. Both of them kind of involve the uh, main event storyline. First, um, Daniel Bryan versus Triple H um, has it's went from like a five or six on the excitement scale 
to like a 12 in the matter of like seven days. Um, Triple H beat the hell out of Daniel Bryan, um, swerved him like with the cops. He acted like you know he respected him. He did you know. I saw it come from from like a mile away. I was like, hold on, man. I was like, they're putting this man in cuffs. Like, where are they gonna bring him? But then Stephanie's just like, I don't know, man. Like, who who are better heels than Triple H and Stephanie McMahon? At this point, um, I think they're the best. They're those two as a collective are the best heels since CM Punk um, was, you know, disrespecting uh, the memory of Paul Bearer. Um, These are real now, heels. Yeah, yeah. Now, my my thing is this, right? Um, I don't know, like, what they're trying to pull or what they're trying to show with the whole, like, it was almost like Stephanie added the the fake cops to the story. Like, is it true? Because it was like when they were talking, like Triple H, like had to like he didn't know what was going on. And then there's a cutaway to where like she's smiling, he's smiling, and like she whispered something to him when the cops were like in the ring with him. And then she was, and then he was like, "Holy shit!" Like she pulled off fake cops for this man, so I can whoop his ass. Yeah, it was almost like yeah, and it's like you know, like it was her like her, it was a like, gift. With her seemingly, like, now more shrill voice where she's, like, screeching now, it mm-hmm. seems like she's picked that up. Like, she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to add to this whole thing, and it's just unbelievable. She's now, so unlikable, um, bro. Like, I want, like, the Mark in me wanted to, like, if I was there, I would have wanted to jump the guardrail, you know, <laughs> and, and help Darren Bryan out and absolutely get, get squashed by security. Hey, so my question for you is this, right? Because I don't know what any, I haven't looked at anything online. Um... Do you think they went too far with the beat with the um the kayfabe beating that trip that um the Triple H gave him? No, um, because a there wasn't any bloodshed. Um, it's you know it's a common thing on the internet. Like everyone claims they want you know the attitude era bad, but when they start going a little too far, everyone wants to act outraged. So I I thought it was cool. I you know I don't really have a problem with him. You know whooping him while his hands were tied behind his back because Darren Bryan was still trying to fight back and you know it was almost what could he do more at this point um I didn't like the whole the old Stephanie slapping thing like what if anybody else like does anybody else in the free world run their business like that like you know you're just gonna whoop y'all employees ass like you and try to drown them you know be a star you know I don't I don't I don't know. I, I thought it was a little mishandled, but I didn't have a problem with it. Like, he got real brutal with that chair shot, which he hit the post, by the way. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's okay. I'll, I'll play into it. He, You know, he, Triple H coming with the head shot. But um, if like, everyone was that concerned about Daniel Bryan, like how when they showed him backstage, I don't know if you caught the post show, or you don't have a network. Basically, they, they wheeled him past and all the wrestlers were back there all checking up on them. It was like R-Truth, Kofi, and all the, a bunch of faces. And I was like, what are we all like, ain't nobody come out there to help that man? Like, for real? Well, that goes back to the whole thing when uh, The Shield was, when they were using, making him as an example early on, like right after SummerSlam. How do you, remember, Big Show went through hell, Miz went through hell, uh, dealing with The Shield. Uh, let's see, 
uh, there's like three different guys on Bill trying to when they out or you know when they spoke their minds. It was Miz, it was uh, Big Show, it was uh, Dolph Ziggler as well. So right. that, that so that that part of the story was already been uh, taken care of. Now I'll say this. Um, I mean, I don't know if anything was online was was said about it, but for me, when I was I, I back, I went back and watched it the second time. It's not as bad, but watching it in real time, and I know for, for me personally, when I watched things the first time. Um, they move in a slower pace. Like I, like I don't know if I yeah. pay more attention to them. I agree. But it seems like it goes in slower motion. So when I was watching, it, it was like, okay, it's fake cops. He whooped his ass. It was really ring. extended, though. Yeah, it was super. It went like for fifty. He whooped his ass for like fits for like 10, 10, 15 minutes. And uh, like main event. Like, job, like it was weird. Like I thought, like it was like four different parts where I thought that was gonna be the end of it. Like he um. When he when he you know tried to when he simulated drowning him in a little shallow thing, I thought like okay, and the shallow bottle has the water bottle. Like okay, uh, fake the tray. I thought okay, well you know that'd be a nice place to end it. And then the tray not, I'm also looking, also looking at the clock when it's like it's eleven, it's already past eleven oh five. Yeah. So then the chair shop. Okay, that's a good place to leave it off. And I'm expecting like you know the visual of seeing the you know the uh, the the WrestleMania sign in the air, and then after, even after the chair shot, you get the uh, the pedigree at the end. Like, I'm like, wow, like, this went extra super long. They went, like, 15, 15 minutes over yeah. the normal just to, just to continue whooping his ass. And I'm like, I mean, obviously, I don't really care if it's all fake, but it seems yeah. I'm like, that's kind of, like, weird. Like, it's, it's almost like... I mean, and I, I mean now they have a, uh, Daniel Bryan with the kayfabe injury, the, uh, the yeah, shoulder. the shoulder. But, um... Which is weird because it seems like the only injury Daniel Bryan ever gets is the shoulder injury. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> or a concussion. But I, I, I was like, I was like, wow, like it went really long, really, like, really. It, long. it looked like Triple H was like mouthing at the camera, like keep it going, like uh, before he pedigreed him. Yeah, they, and it, then yeah, that's one thing I noticed. They, they tried to keep it not. Well, they tried to keep it black. They were about to go black. Um, about the time around when he was getting um, uh, drowned or whatever, they were about to go black. Right. And then, um, because you see the, you know, the backstage pass symbol and, you know, the, you know, the slow sign they put up at the, in the corner or in the bottom, uh, left corner when they go, right before they go black all the time. And then they kept, they turned it off and they kept rolling. So, like, it was just, it, I mean, it, to me, I mean, obviously it, it's on purpose, but it, to me it got, it felt uncomfortable watching it in real time. I mean, obviously, um, they made me suspend disbelief for a second, which is pretty, which is really good, but, like I, it, but it was just like, it, that's kind of tough for, for if that's if you're a kid to watch. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. I could I could have pictured I could have pictured Brazil watching that. You you still think it's really like that's rough. I could have pictured like you know like my little sister watching it and her being like, oh my god, like <laughs> is he gonna be okay next week? Like yeah, I would have had to explain like <laughs> without ruining it. Um. Basically, like, Stephanie McMahon is, like, as evil as Triple H is, I feel like she's, like, a... She's worse. Yeah, she's worse. Like, she's, like, a level, you know, more evil. And damn right, the whole you hit like a girl thing, that was... I, th- I thought it was funny. But, um... Yeah, I thought that was kind of weak. Um, when it was saying you hit like a girl. Now, I'll say this. It seemed like they were trying to pull a thing, like, with, uh, with her coming out with the cops. It seemed like... Uh, Triple H legitimately felt that what he said to um, Daniel Bryan about respect, you've earned my respect, uh-huh. like that was that part was legitimate. And then when she came out with the cops, she surprised even Triple H, and then he took it as, well, f- well, I mean, 
I, I respect them. So since I respect them, I'm, I'm the cerebral assassin. I'm about to whoop this man ass as much as I can in these next in the next uh, twenty some odd days for WrestleMania. And he's like, I've been wanting to do this for a while. Yeah, especially <laughs> uh, given last week when he was mad enough to get lifted off the ground. Yeah. Like, yeah, he owed he owed Daniel Bryan. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nothing like a uh, retribution, like with an ass whooping. Um, Even for faces, huh? Even for faces. Yeah, you like yeah. Eventually, you got to wear it, you know. And yep. you know, for that whole you know stunt, you know, he pulled last week with bringing everybody yeah. in the ring. Like you knew and something had to happen. He got out of pocket. And, you know, Triple H ain't really bought that. He got out of pocket, so he got he had to be, he had to get checked. Yeah, um, but. I thought I thought it was done very well. I can't wait to see how Brian responds next week. Um, it's only it pretty much sealed the deal. Like actually, I'm not sure. Um, Triple H basically um, earlier in the night with the promo with Evolution basically inserted himself into the title picture where you know it, there's going to be a triple threat at WrestleMania. Um, if he defeats Daniel Bryan. He'll be in the championship match. I know the internet exploded at, you know, thought of Triple H being the champion again. What was your reaction to this? I thought that, to me, that whole segment, um, and I'm, I'm, you're talking from the show sheet, so I'll save it, but um, to me, that was the best um, segment uh, that I had seen in a long time. And... That's saying something considering Triple H and Seth McMahon are what probably like two of the three best guys they have for doing promo work besides Heyman or promo people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when dang, when you can get Batista and Orton involved and in making it seem convincing and personal, and you make it makes everybody makes the crowd say "ooh" over and over and over. Right. And you know it's fantastic because. When you can get them from saying boo Tista or boo to ooh with, with Batista, you're doing something very well. Right, and the and the reaction for Batista hasn't been as harsh lately because they actually did the right thing and turned him. And just hearing everything those guys are saying to each other, it was like they were on a message board just copying and pasting. You'd be like, okay, I'll say that what such and such wrote, you know. And I think these guys are much more up on the internet than you know they like to give credit for. But they were all, it was like a night of, you know, everyone was just shooting on each other pretty much. Um, yeah, it was. And I called, I mean, I pretty much called it earlier. And then, um, you know, you want to get into that now or you want to save for save for later? What? Um, the whole, the night of shooting on people. Yeah, no, we can talk about that right now. Okay, well, yeah, like, when Triple H said, when Triple H, well, you know, Orton says, you know, the reason why we wouldn't be having to deal, deal with this triple threat pay-per-view and for pay per view, if not for uh, if you know you were convincing when your comeback, you, people came, people didn't care when you left, and people cared even less when you came back. Yep. And uh, then or, and then uh, he says the Orton, you know, you the suck as champion because you suck as champion. And then uh, Triple H lays lays into both of them he's like, you know, I'm getting sick of Hollywood stars telling me how to run this business. Then you know that was also shot uh, to Rock if you if you're in uh, you know yes, Pete yeah, it is. And he said, you know, so I'm sick of, I'm sick of telling these gifted superstars, you know, that are so screwed up in the head that they can't even win a match without me getting without holding their hand. And I was like, yeah, Ooh. yeah, that was uh, cause you, cause that cut especially, deep. Especially after the stuff that you, you, you know, you've you've enlightened us 
on on this podcast about Triple H saving. I mean, saving uh, Orton's ass a lot more than you would even know beyond just the regular scope of just falling wrestling. Just the storyline, so, yeah, yeah. And then uh, you know later in the night, how you know he said, you know, I've dumped I've dumped a truckload of crap on you over these last over these last few months. Uh, you know, anybody else? They would have packed up and took their ball and went home, which is a clear CM Punk. CM Punk, yes. <laughs> funny about that when I rewatched it, after he said Everyone that, everyone started chanting CM Punk. CM Punk, CM Punk for a few seconds. And yep. So that was funny. Yep. Uh, so it's like, yeah, this, this is a real inside baseball uh, wrestling uh, shooting right now. Yeah. Um, I anytime I they, they start shooting on each other is like, basically for fans like us, that is our drug almost. Um, we, you know, we don't care about the manufactured storylines that they have, but when this stuff sounds like it cuts deep, like the lines blur. Yeah, and it's like you you're not really sure. You know, these guys are working for sure, but I don't know, man. They it, it, they you got to give them props because they're, they're great actors. It's something. Know? It's something that just feels good about shooting on order. I don't know what it is. Like when uh. Cena like did it. Cena, yeah, when Cena did it, he said, you've had issues inside the ring, you've had you've had issues outside the ring. It's like it just feel it just it just seems so right. I don't know why. Right. Like it's nothing nothing's better than, you know, the truth in wrestling. Which is uh damn near like that's a what's the word I'm looking for? You never know what it what, Yeah, what they're, you're always being worked anyway, but you know, yep. We always, we fascinate on, you know, we want the thing, I wrote it in a column before, basically, I was like, we want the things that are fake to be real, and if they are real, we would, you know, much rather than be faked. But, yeah, it's um, the, just the whole evolution thing, you know, I, I have no problem with Triple H, you know, possibly, you know, throwing it out there that he could be in the main event, because I don't really believe him. Um, no, another thing I loved was when he said he, he didn't even say his name, but he was like the old man was right. Yeah, so uh, Vince, so that's a that's a shadow, you know, over everything. Uh, I think they just had to do that to cut the predictability out of it. Uh, everyone yeah, was just yeah. saying, oh, you know, Dan Bryan's just gonna you know beat everybody. Well, not so sure because now they could do like a non-finish or something like that in the Triple H Dan Bryan match. Or a double count out, or you know they could interfere and be like, "No, nah, we're about to have this one-on-one match." Like, and then all of a sudden they think that, but you know they'll be like, "Okay, we're just gonna make this uh, main event a fatal four-way," you know. And I would love to see that and run it back, you know. And Daniel Bryan basically has to go through everybody, you know, to complete the the story, which would be, I don't know about you, but I think that's in the short list of greatest storylines ever. I mean, if this comes to fruition and Daniel Bryan ends up with the belt, bro, like, this turns into one of the greatest storylines ever. Yeah. Like, this goes, like, for the modern era of wrestling. This goes up there, for long form anyway, this goes up there with uh, the NWO and um, this goes up there with... The Rise with, of Boston. With, yeah, I mean, this goes up there with, this goes up there with, with um, Kane coming out. Yes. Like, this is, this is just... Phenomenal. Um, the original Evolution breakup storyline. I I'm not really that. Um, I'm not really that. Uh, Basically, they they built on that they, they built up the group like, and then they all became champions, and then you know Orton won that belt, and then Triple H like they broke it, built it up, and broke it down perfectly. Um, 
who else? Um, there's a lot of like great ones. Shawn Michaels, you yeah. know, the Boyhood Dream, basically. Um, and this goes right up there. CM Punk, you know, the Money in the Bank, I'm leaving, Best in the World, you know, storyline. You know, yeah. the, the the work shoot. Uh, and this is right up there. Like, and every, everyone will get credit, like, for this. Like, Orton gets credit yeah, for his role. Dated, which is, Bate- yeah, which was, I mean, I don't know how Batista is just like a bit player in this, and you know they kind of use him, you know, perfectly to to swerve even more like on the Daniel Bryan's plate. Like you know, you know, the best part about this is everybody is using each other to get each other over. Like if even since trip, since Batista turned heel, or even since Batista came back, Randy Orton has been getting cheers in the crowd mm-hmm. as the heel champion. For shitting on Batista. Yeah. Like, if they knew this was going to work out like that, then they're a lot smarter than us. Like, <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I, I really admit they're better. They, they know a lot more about booking wrestling than I ever will. Yeah. So I, I, I'm already ready to see that, that part. But, like, this has just been... And you know me, I watch a lot of TV, mm-hmm. and this is this this whole thing. If it turns out the way I, you know the way the way you just mentioned it, or if it turns out just Daniel Bryan with the belt walking out of WrestleMania, it's been it's been it's been special. Yeah, it's been a hell of a ride, and and they can just keep rolling it over because they have. You know, someone's gonna not, make, someone's not gonna get pinned at so they're you know they're, whoever's you know gonna get their rematch and then mm-hmm. whoever didn't get pinned you know they're gonna be like okay well I never got pinned and it's gonna it's just gonna keep you know rolling from there until SummerSlam pretty much, um, but this whole Daniel Bryan versus Evolution thing is like the the storyline goes back ten years bro like <laughs> like almost like. Batista goes off and does it, you know, he becomes this movie star or whatever. Triple H keeps ascending to the throne. Orton, you know, wins all these titles and he's almost left alone. And then all these guys come back together like 10 years later. Like, the only thing literally missing is Flair. But, I don't know. WrestleMania is around the corner, so maybe they bring him out for something. He'll be there. I don't know in what capacity, but he'll be there. You know, you know I've, come, I've come to fight you, Hogan. <laughs> you know, WrestleMania 30, the final chapter. Flair, wow. Hogan, run it. You like we should have had we should have had this in WrestleMania 7. <laughs> or WrestleMania we 8 3 years ago. Yeah. Uh, but that's going to go ahead and wrap up our first segment. Um make sure you guys follow us at One Nation Radio. Um and we will definitely, you know, write you back and all that. So enjoy all the articles and We'll be right back. One Nation Radio. I tell a fuck that nigga. Welcome back to One Nation Radio. You know, I said fuck them. You know. Hey man, forget all that. Gotta, hey, I got one thing to say. What's up? Free breezy. Free, free breezy. Send Boosie yeah. back. Uh, yeah, send that nigga back. Bring back Chris Brown. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we know, who, know, who, look, we know who's contributing better music. 
look, you know me, I'm not the type to be out here talking about free anybody, but, and I don't really, really, I don't actually really need free Chris Brown, but if anybody wants to talk about free such and such and free Chris Brown. Yeah. Um, that's that Kid Ink, um, main chick, funk, absolute funk. If you ain't heard the Kid Ink album, go get it. Um, uh, I'm not advocating getting it illegally, but, um, you know, however you got to hear it, you know, do so. Um, DJ Mustard's on there. Get it how you li- I advocate get it how you live. Yeah. And I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, a lot of DJ Mustard beats on there who's, like, running hip-hop right now, but... Different conversation. Um, on to, you know, our next segment. Uh, we're going to talk about, real quick, let's get into John Cena and Bray Wyatt. Um, it's a feud that is increasingly becoming more interesting by the week. Uh, and I'm, you know, Cena is really becoming one of my favorite guys. Um, and I, I don't, like, had you asked me that, like, two to three years ago, I would have probably, you know, had a completely different answer for you. But, like, it's, it's not a secret that, you know, he's won me over recently. But, you almost feel bad for him, like... Like, he cuts his promo, he's talking about he's scared, you know, uh, all this other stuff. I think it's bullshit with the whole scared yep. thing. But, um, he's, the way he's building up Bray Wyatt, it's like, Bray Wyatt? Really? Like, like no one's That's paying scary. attention to what he's saying? Like, like you don't believe this, Cena. And then, you know, Bray Wyatt comes out and he's, you know, has the internet going crazy with this promo. A lot of people are saying it's his best one ever. Um, it's talking about his classic girlfriend and his castle and all this other stuff. Um, a lot of people seem to enjoy it, you know, aside from the regular rambling because he actually stepped back from that character a little bit and went at him rather than talking in riddles. Thank, thank God. But, um,. The promo work is really carrying this, and it's going to have to. But what did you think about the promos? Um, solid work. Like, I don't know what the hell happened. I don't know if it's because it's WrestleMania season or whatever, but, like, the promo game for everybody has stepped up tremendously all the way around for everybody, except with maybe, like, a couple exceptions here and there. Mm-hmm. But they're just, like, they're scorching the mic. Everybody is. Um... Cena, you know, the whole, like, as you said, I don't believe for a second he actually really fears Bray Wyatt. Um, I will say that I, like, the way he's putting this dude over um, is just nuts. And, I mean, in a good way. And, you know, I'm really interested to see this this match, and I was interested to see this match when it first happened anyway. Right. Uh, so, I'm, I'm really, really, like, uh, I'm very, very excited for WrestleMania. John Cena should be the wrestler that the, the internet loves. This is what I'm slowly realizing. Because A, he's always going to show up. We know he gives a fuck. He's going to do what's best for business. He's going to bring up young guys. He's going to you know, have good matches with everybody. Shouldn't John Cena be the guy that everyone has this blind devotion to? Rather than seeing um, Punk? Well... If you were like us and just dropped off, you know, dropped into the middle after you, like, formed as a wrestler, uh-huh. then, you, then yeah, I, you know, me and you both talk about this, like, 
when we, when we went watching, we saw when he was basically playing a wigger, and we thought that shit was super duper whack. And, yeah. you know, he obviously wasn't a wrestler. He's busted his ass to become a better wrestler um, mm-hmm. over the years, which, which is anybody, even the biggest John um, Cena detractor would have to would, would have to admit that. Um, my, uh, me personally, I just think that um, he's at a point now to where, like, He's established. There, he, there's nowhere else. There, he can't. He, he can't go any higher. Um, the only thing he can do now is just make guys better, right? Or, or put guys on, and that's the, what do what leaves his, his, his lasting mark is who he puts on, and um, like. And I feel like he has a better understanding of that than the top guys, like the very the very past. top guys have ever had. Like Hogan yep. didn't wasn't realizing he needed to put on Bret Hart or whatever. Like he wanted to lose the Yokozuna. Like um, yep. Austin, you know, he went out working with The Rock. Like he didn't really, you know, do the, you know, help build the next era. Um, Rock, you know, came back and you know, for you know, he he worked with Punk. He worked with Cena. Uh, but I think Cena has a better understanding of the moment and you know his his actual legacy, how they're playing it up. He has a great understanding of what it is, and you know, with WWE, it, they're they're so quick to call everything the biggest thing ever at this point right now. Like, they'll be saying John Cena's the greatest wrestler of all time. Like, based on you know all this stuff, like that'll ju- that'll be out there in like five years. Um, yeah, it can this way, yeah. Like, it, it won't necessarily be, like, true, but he'll have, like, basically how, you know, how, like, LeBron has, you know, those ridiculous numbers you can't deny. He actually has titles now, and he has MVP awards. Like, Cena will have, like, a resume like that in wrestling that Hogan doesn't have, that Austin didn't have, just for the longevity and everything else. Like, I, I never thought I'd compare LeBron to Cena or anything like that, but, like... If he keeps this up, you know, his body doesn't betray him. And he's had, you know, he's been fortunate. He's got, you know, a couple of nicks here and there. Um, but, you know, you go from wrestling The Rock at one WrestleMania to wrestling Bray Wyatt, like, and not complaining at all, saying not saying a word. Like, he's wrestling Husky Harris, bro. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, I remember. like we should be worshiping Cena right now. When this card came out, or you know the card, the early card that seems it seemingly is like the exact same card except Punk left and Daniel Bryan is now in Triple H's, uh, or sorry, is now seeing Punk slot, uh, and Sheamus had to go to hell. Like the, it's pretty much the same as that card. And when I first saw, it, and when, you know, I was, we were talking to Josh, and Josh was like, "Yeah, you know, Cena Wyatt." I was like, "Get the hell out of here! You mean to tell me John Cena is going to be in a match with Bray Wyatt, Husky, a guy that was Husky hair that like." Just got debuted like what around SummerSlam. Uh, around SummerSlam, had his first match at SummerSlam that sucked. Yep. And and because he has one good match with he has one uh, he has a match of the year with a uh, a match of the year candidate with in a in Rumble Royal Rumble all of a sudden he's going to get a WrestleMania match with John with the Cena, number one face of the, the number one moneymaker of the company. That seems so far fetched, and yet it happened. And like, and then it's, it's almost it's, like. Who else, like, their feud is almost perfect right now because it's like, who else would they be fighting right now besides each other? Yeah. I mean, you could you could yeah. make a case for the Shield and all that, but, you know, 
they got to give Wyatt some type of a show, solo showcase. Um, which brings me to, you know, SmackDown um, this week. I thought it was going to be last night, but we're going to get Luke Harper versus John Cena on SmackDown. I will be tuning in um, to see that. You know, the Yeah Man versus... I may not uh, tune in, but I'll get around to watching yeah, this week. Like, uh, everyone, you know, that, that, that listens to it, you know, listens to the show, you know, they know our feelings on uh, Luke Harper. Uh, having seen that would be a nice big man match, you know, guys that big guys that can go. Um, but that that's all, you know, I wanted to touch on for the Wyatt and Cena. You got anything else to add for that Wyatt and Cena? Um I'm I hope I hope this match is good. I really do. Um that's all. Or else Wyatt's career is done. Like, like if this man, if, this, if they have a bad match and I can blame it on one of them, I will shit on them for a while. Yeah, it's gonna happen. So if this best, I mean, obviously they obviously don't think they can go into it thinking I'm gonna lay it down at WrestleMania, but for their sake, they for both of their sake, especially for uh, Bray Wyatt and his career going forward, yeah. and the heat he has underneath him, you know, to keep going with this, um, he better capitalize on this momentum. Because, like, he's one of those guys that have the green light. Like, Roman Reigns has that green light, and even now, it seems like Bray Wyatt has a big, even bigger... Um, Reigns doesn't have an opponent has, right he now. Has more, he has more um, more behind him and more riding on him for his success than even uh, Reigns does at this moment. Which sounds absurd, but it's I would true. Never even, like, I couldn't imagine even fixing my lips, lips to even say this three weeks ago. Yeah. Um, you know... Transitioning into the, uh, you know, during back or looking back, you know, during that promo, Orton asked for a no DQ match with Daniel Bryan. Has Orton not learned his lesson, like with fighting Daniel Bryan? Like, you know, <laughs> what do you, mean? you know, Randy Orton is Daniel Bryan's personal jobber at this point. Oh, I feel yeah. like <laughs> I can't think of the last time he beat that man with like no type of shenanigans or anything, or or taking the uh, easy way out. I'll say this. And did Batista ruin a classic last night? Yeah, that's or yeah, I was gonna say that. Like, uh, early, like early, the first statement we said, "All oh, this is great." The one thing I wish, the one thing I had a problem with was Batista coming in and ruining that great match. They're in the middle. They're in the middle of having another classic match on 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 Raw again. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's just a shame that it ended that way. But whatever. Like, I wish it. I wish they could let the match. It could. I could, they could have the same finish. I'd be fine. But let the match go. Like, cook at least like five more minutes. All right. Like, like they could have took five minutes away from the beating, the savage beating that they <laughs> and added that to that order match. They would have had another. Um, you know, I didn't even realize that. that. Like that man, that man basically that was a match. That man had like all that ass whooping he took from Triple H. That was basically a match. Like that, like this is whooping this man's ass like and working him twice in a night. Like, like Daniel Bryan is like unreal. Think about like this. Right? Another thing to think about. Triple H was on... Triple H had basically promo duty three times. What was, the third, the, what was the third one? The open of the show. Yep. With um, the rest of well, Evolution. Yep. The run-in backstage he had with Stephanie when they were oh, arguing. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, the end of the Man. show where he talks about how much he respects Daniel Bryan and all that stuff and then the cops and whooping his ass. Yeah. So that man was on like that man was on raw for like almost an hour. You know, gotta gotta, you know, blow himself up, you know. Hey. 
If you're that if you're that damn good, why not? <laughs> that damn good. That's always what he says. Um, is there any chance in hell that Randy Orton keeps the belt? Uh, if you were to put you know odds on it in Vegas, I'd say he'd probably be on the money. If it was money line, he'd probably be um, for him to win outright, just win or just win period or, or leave with the belt. He'd probably be he'd probably be plus. Hmm, he'd probably be plus two. Eh, I'd say probably plus two fifty, plus three hundred maybe. So, Meaning that, like, for him to for him to win, um, like you bet a hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and if you win, you get three hundred dollars back. That's the kind of underdog he is. Right. Um. Everything is building. Like Orton's like done his job being the placeholder. I think for this whole thing yeah. because we know who the real big bad guy has been, and we know who's been you know, the best good guy. And then Orton's kind of just there with the belt saying, hey, you know, remember me? I have both of these belts, you know, that everyone really wants. And he's done a great job with it, but him keeping the belt any longer doesn't make any sense. He either needs to go to Triple H or he needs to go to Dan Bryan. Unless he, like, turns to a psychopath. Yes, and, and he snaps and, like, you know, beats everyone viciously, you know, but I, they could all they could fuck it all up and give the belt to Batista. So oh yeah, one thing one thing don't that leave I that out. Like, yeah, they can give the belt to anybody but Batista, and I'd be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, in the grand scheme of things, uh, the, I, I will say this though: when in the middle of the match that they had, when uh he pulled he hit something the kendo stick, I think it's inside outside the ring, and and somebody on the somebody I guess forgot it was a triple uh, it was a uh, DQ, no DQ match, right? And uh, or just absolutely berates him. He's like. What do you mean, ring the bell? Are you kidding me? It's a no yes. DQ match. That man was going off the script. Yes. And then, he, and then he all of a sudden he points out while he had, about to give him um, the backdrop onto the uh, onto the uh, table. He says, "This is that you did this." And then uh, drops him, drops Daniel Bryan, and then grabs the Kindle stick and points the Kindle stick at him and yells, "You, you did this, you!" Like, <laughs> like Orton is, is a perfect douchebag. Like he's just amazing as an asshole. I mean. From what, from everything we hear, you know, it's really not much of a stretch. So, um, but you know, I I think they had to, you know, just add it to the Daniel Bryan versus Randy Orton archive. Um, the interference, it was, you know, it was it was necessary because we can't just have Orton just, you know, taking clean losses to everybody every week. Um, it was revenge for the RKO from earlier in the night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Batista, uh, you know, I've never quit anything in my life. Bullshit. Like yeah, man, man, quit the WWE before. Like, you know, he knows what he's doing. Like, oh wait, my question is this: Define quit. Quit means like did he did, like quit means like I'm I'm leaving for my contracts out. Not quit doesn't mean like my contract's over. I didn't resign. There's a difference, and I don't know exactly like when Batista left. I don't left, know. I yes, I don't. I'm not sure either. How but. that worked out. But yeah, like I mean, look, any, look any besides anyway, anybody cutting Batista in no kind of slack. So yeah, if you want to say that, then fine. Yeah. CM Punk quit. Yeah. Know. He straight up quit. Yeah. Walked out. Go to yeah. hell. Took his ball, went yeah. home. Took, yeah. Exactly as Triple A said. And, you know, if anyone should be thankful for for that, it's Dan Bryant. Because Dan Bryant's about to clean up. <laughs> Punk um, should have never left. Yeah. Like, he, like, he botched. He's going to look back on this 
like ten years from now and be like, that was the dumbest shit I've ever did in my life. Like, not even necessarily. Uh, you need to come back and resign. Play out, like, just play out the rest of your, or wrestle out the rest of your contract, man. Yeah. Like the worst thing, the worst thing, the worst experience you got is, is that you made you made your money. Yeah, like unless he really cares about you know having to lose the Triple H, which probably didn't <laughs> thrill him. But I mean, you gotta get over that. You lost Undertaker last year. I mean, you're not that guy anymore. Like you, kind of you know he he his momentum got sapped because he's he got burned out and. Daniel Bryan just kept ascending, and, you know, he was this awkward other guy, you know, for a couple months that was in uh, another universe, as he mentioned. And yeah. it's so unfortunate they couldn't find, you know, something to do with him. Why, why, couldn't, yeah. he just, why couldn't he just call Jericho and then, you know, convince him to come back? Or why couldn't we get, you know... I mentioned this on our thread, Wrestling Circle. Um, couldn't they have just done, you know, Punk versus Cena in a legacy match for WrestleMania 30, pretty much? Uh, like, you know, play on a classic rivalry and, you know, run it. Would that have been okay? Um, because we know it would have been a better feud than Cena versus Wyatt, which has actually turned out decent. But, um... Yeah. The, well, you know, the, well, I know this. We know we got a great match out of it, a classic match exactly. out of it. Exactly. Worst, regardless of whatever would happen with whatever they came up with for uh, you know for promo packaging and all that stuff, but we know where it would have been a classic match, and that would have probably been the best match of the night, regardless, because those two in the ring and like and all of a sudden like hef- it's like angels sing. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I I just think like I mean. I don't know. I don't know if he had anything left in the tank. Maybe he was just too burnt out, and he's like, I just can't, I just can't go no more. I mean, it's sad to see because you know he's he's everybody's favorite wrestler or one everybody's favorite wrestlers, but like it, at the expense, like nobody. I don't think anybody's ever like, oh, this dude's going. I'm just going to piggyback and piggyback off of all his momentum and take all of his trap. It's like, I don't think it's ever happened like this before. It's a little well. It's a little bit like after Bret Hart left. And then that opened the door for so many other guys to get their shine, like Austin and Rock and, you know, Sean to an extent, Undertaker and But Triple I'm talking H. about just one guy capitalizing off all of it. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Bask in all of this indie glow. Yeah, like, um... I mean, even, you know, Cesaro got some got some extra shine and love, whatever, but not even like this. Like, Daniel Bryan's out here, you know, we occupying Raw, bruh. Like, we bringing fans in the ring. Yeah. Like, we making, like, we making this a man think, like, be okay with taking, like, you know, losing opportunity for, like, 6000 <laughs> extra dollars off t-shirts that he could have sold to people. You know what I'm saying? You know, like, vi- we, like Vince McMahon is like cool with putting the belt on a five eight guy. Like, really? <laughs> oh, he's five eight. That's funny. Like, I'm bigger than Daniel Bryan. Like, like what? But um, yeah. that's gonna wrap up our second segment. We will be back with the final segment um, called the quick hits. We're gonna, you know, anything that was like kind of random ish, you know, that happened on Raw that we thought was funny or we could talk about a little bit. There's like 10 or 11 things, you know, I wrote down. 
uh, we're gonna touch on real fast and you know try to make a quick laugh with you guys. Uh, but this is One Nation Radio. One Nation Radio. Y'all know us. What? You might have seen me in the streets. You might have heard the podcast, but. Yeah, I'm jam ponying out here. Yeah, I'm about to say, is this jam pony, sir? What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Alright, you gotta explain to the out to the uh the out of time what jam ponying is now since you, you messed up and did it. So go ahead and explain to them uh, what it is. Alright, um jam ponying is basically when you hear a popular song on the radio or whatever and you talk over it but you end it end whatever you're saying to have the song finish your sentence for you. Um uh, that was T.I., you don't know me, you know, if y'all didn't know, um, T.I., but, um, jam ponying is, like, is absolutely hilarious when it's done right, um, James has a, uh, habit of jam ponying whenever someone sings, like, you know, on a song where it's, like, you're, like, like, oh, or, or, like, ah, be like, breath, like, ah, like, something like that, it's just, it's just funny, like, you have to... You have to jam pony yourself. Just type in, you know, jam ponying and, you know, J A M, then pony, and then figure it out from there. But, um, yeah. Um, anyway, back to wrestling. Uh, <laughs> you did a pretty good job of explaining it, I'm proud of you. I, yeah, I, I, usually I have, you know, a little bit of trouble explaining stuff like that, but. You 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 fully been indoctrinated and um, indoctrinated into uh, into the society that is like the Tampa Bay area of uh yeah. of music and the culture and all that yeah so yeah if if we finally got a hold of you and got you you know and got you uh got you in here so we ha- we were happy for that you know I've been here for ten years now so yeah um quick hits Christian on commentary. And the way he was trolling us, you know, I just, I just, you know, that man was undefeated. Really, really, Christian, you're undefeated. Yeah, undefeated. Go figure. Undefeated. Never so lost. So funny, so funny that JBL couldn't even co-sign it. <laughs> oh, JBL man. was like, uh, okay, buddy. I feel like um, if they would have painted the camera over there, like, King would have been looking at that man sideways like, you didn't just say this. Yeah, Booker T had he been on commentary, we're like, tell me you did not just say that. Exactly, dog. Um, oh, yeah, and, and will Sheamus versus Christian ever end? I swear, so, Sheamus, Sheamus is like five and zero against him right now. Hey man, I got a question. At, at what point do we just start saying that, like, even though we're we're Sheamus fan, we're, we're guys that support Sheamus and the rest of the talent wrestler he is. For his size and body type, at what point do we say that this is his fault because he keeps getting into these feuds where they're all like they all feel like they last way too long? I think it's just because they're so one-sided. We never see that man lose a feud ever. Like That's aside cool. from that, aside from that Big Show one, and he looked incredibly strong still because he whooped Big Show's ass. Remember he pulled out that big ass chair? Yeah. Right after Survivor Series, yeah, like the Survivor Series match, yeah, like shame. That was that was great because he looked like such a warrior then, and and you're right for bringing that up. Like all his feuds seem to go on way too long. 
because it's like they'll book like four or five main matches and Sheamus will win every single one of them. That yeah, there's it, it a point when winning you know is a little bit too much. Um, speaking of you know being too much, does it get any weirder than Fandango versus Goldust? Hey, do you hear word or do you read anything about whether or not Goldust is hurt or not? Because he um, I rewatched that match. I hadn't um, heard he anything about it. He boxed a Hurricane Rana right after that. Uh, right after that, the next one was a uh, yes. He got pass, pissed during the match. Beat. Yeah, he um, and he couldn't get over the top, and it took him a second time to get over. He pins uh, Fandango. He kicks the second or the um, one of the um, turnbuckles. He was upset because he looked like he was hurt, like he had hurt his shoulder. I did catch that. Um, so I was just wondering if you had ran something, if you had, you know, there's anything out about that, or if it was just, you know, he's just upset because, you know, I think he, he was just upset. He, he, well, he was, I mean, he was hurt, and I don't know if he's actually injured because, you know, there's a difference, but, um, um it, just checking. You know, but like I was saying, does it get any weirder than Fondango versus Gold does? You had one of them, you know, gyrating kind of, and the other one was, you know, feeling on themselves, you know, that. And, and well, yes, and you know, I, I I went up my body with with both hands while I did that. Well, my question for you is this: uh, Do you see when uh, Goldust was walking to the ring with Cody, how he started twirling that man around and dance with him like he was Fandango? Yes, they were they were making fun of uh, Summer and Fandango. Yes, uh, I, I didn't recognize um, that at first. You stupid! Um, what did Dusty do to them boys? Uh, <laughs> damn it! <TV. laughs> Um, I would say this. Dashing uh, Cody Rhodes. Uh, uh, Gold fucking dust. <laughs> you got it. I, I, I mean, I I guess Gold Dust versus Bray Wyatt a couple weeks back, but that's that was it. Yeah, that was pretty weird. Like, even Gold Dust was like, you know, acting like, yeah, this man's really fucking crazy. Like, I, I you know, since he's the eaters of the world and all, and all that. You know, all those riddles he talks in. Hey, uh, man, Bray Wyatt's the Yellow King. The Yellow King. Explain what the Yellow King is. I don't know. I don't know. See, you never, you haven't watched True Detective. But, uh, yeah, that man is, that man, um, that, that man's the Yellow King. He sees, you he explained sees it to me. Explain it to everyone else. Flat, and Tom's a flat circle and all the other shit that was going, all that weird shit that happened in uh, True Detective. So, yeah, he, uh, yeah. He's not as compelling as uh, Matthew McConaughey's character as far as talking that foolishness, but uh, he's good. All right. Um, the increasing, you brought this up to me, the increasing irrelevancy of titles in WWE. Yeah, man. It's... What is, like, the Usos won, that t- won their titles, and it was great uh, when it happened. And then what uh, happened? Yeah. Like um, I was, I wanted to so win the belts for months, and now the best thing they can do with them is have them fight the New Age Outlaws again. Really? Like then we forget that the Usos aren't like stars like that. Like they've had Team Hell No, they've had the Shield, they've had the Rhodes Brothers, you know, with the tag belts, and then we have the Usos with the belts, and it's like, oh shit, like, uh. Can they, can they still be exciting with it? I don't know. I I'm really concerned. Like uh, Big E, he doesn't have a match for WrestleMania. He's been pretty much irrelevant since he won the belt. Battle Royal. Um, 
Yeah, he's gonna be at the battle royal. Uh, Ambrose, he, you know, he's only like, he's only actually like wrestled with his belt on the line, like maybe like a handful of times since he's won it. It seems. Yeah. Uh, as a piece of tin. Yeah. Um, you know they, you know they got rid of the second or um, the world heavyweight belt to unify these belts, and then like now at this point, like the second, you guys, what's the second most prestigious belt? In WWE, because of the t- because of the reality TV show, the Divas title. You damn near want to say the Divas title because at least the Divas get a whole bunch of airtime. Yeah, like what these boys better start trying to date some of them in real life or something. You know, real life. Um, it's it's if you it's, ain't if you ain't carrying around two belts like Orton, it's it's cold in the D. It's cold out there. Yeah. Like you're not getting you're not getting um, twenty minutes of TV time, um, as a cha- as a champion not named Randy Orton. It's just not happening. Yeah. Um, speaking of the Divas titles, um, AJ takes another pin last night. A little bit of uh, you know, a little bit of a uh, Shawn Michaels Diesel, Shawn Michaels Psycho Sid moment with her and Tamina. Uh, what do you make of this? I I saw it and I was like, uh oh, like are they gonna try to turn Tamina face? Because I don't want to cheer for Tamina. The funny part is last week I, I you gotta start doing that splash where her knees hit the ground first for me <laughs> to cheer her. Well, last week when we did the podcast. I said basically like, there's nothing really compelling about AJ. Um, like they need they have some type of like something going on with their relationship of uh, her and Tamina, and then we finally got it. So we'll see what happens. So, um, so I don't you're know. saying you were Nostradamus, pretty much? No, I'm just saying that she <laughs> had nothing. I'm just saying that, that she, that AJ was turning into a champion with no, with no direction, and they, she needed something to shake some things up. Now, I, mean, I think part of it was the fact of you know Naomi, uh, the setback of her robbery with Naomi because you know she was out with you know the audible and break, but uh, now that Naomi's back and she's out here looking like Rick the Ruler. Yeah, uh, you know Naomi or Slick Rick, not sure. Slick, yeah, Slick Rick the ruler. All she needs, all she needs is like a gold rope. Um, yeah, <laughs> an African medallion. Uh, yeah, so I just um, we'll see what happens. Like, I mean, it's a diva, so there's only so much they can do and only so much time they're going to get. But you know, I just want you know, it'd be nice to see a, a decent. Um, I don't even know if they necessarily even need a celebrity at this point, and I don't think they're even. Gonna I don't have think one. they do because they have they've built enough, you know, equity and the whole Divas division where we actually care about it now. That they have, you know, they could feasibly run a run a you know a championship scramble match, you know, at WrestleMania with the Divas. Like, you know, put them in all in the ring, have a six pack challenge, have AJ take on the Bellas, take on Naomi, you know, versus Natalia and. And throw Tamina, yeah, and throw Tamina in there. That would be great, you know, elimination style, and you know, let it come down to whoever it comes down to. But, um, you know, Slick Rick the Rula, you know, I'm trying to see Naomi, you know, hit this moonsault, and uh, her moonsault is better than some guys. It's definitely better than seeing punks. <laughs> yeah, what a straight face. Um. When uh, one other thing, uh, Jerry Lawler, 
uh, Kane comes out to the ring, you know, and basically, you know, it says the whole Daniel Bryan thing from Memphis was, you know, was Jerry Lawler. It seems like they just, you know, picked that up from JBL and was like, huh, that's a good idea. And, you know, yeah. made that a part of the storyline. What When the Shield came out there, what did you think was going to happen to Jerry Lawler? I thought he was about to get his ass whooped, which was sad because I was thinking to myself, like, wait a second. I don't he may die. He like, any, I don't think he's had any physical contact since the heart attack um, after the match with uh, Punk. Right. That one raw, um, so like that's over a year ago. But still, I was like, I don't really. Um, How are they gonna run this? Really don't, I don't. I don't really know if this is the best idea. And then they turn around and um, you know they're they end up whooping uh, Kane's ass. I don't, my question is, do you think this turns him face, or what do you think of this? I I um, wrote it in the show sheet like I think it is a face turn that will ultimately be a swerve that will lead them to imploding on each other. Um, where some of them will remain face, and then, you know, like Ambrose will turn on wh- whoever. Um, WWE is so layered within its storytelling now, they're not just going to do everything where it's black and white. Okay, these guys are now faces. They're going to, you know, play on the shades of gray and, you know, and play on our doubt, basically, with the shield. Um, everyone loves the shield anyway, so I think it would be if they did turn him face, like it'd be great to see that stuff because they literally they didn't do anything like like what did they do last night that wasn't like how they've already you know done they've had a you know a tough demeanor they're not smiling uh, they're they're beating on somebody you know with the numbers numbers game but you know you felt like Kane was paying for his sins pretty much. And if they, you know, flipped it and started beating up, you know, the evil motherfuckers, like, people will go bonkers over the shield. And then that's where you get, you know, when everybody thinks it's all good, we get the other shoe drops. So that's what I think is going on with that. Okay. My question is this, right? What the hell are they doing at WrestleMania? Oh, man. Look, I don't, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. But, um... Okay, Barrett, go ahead. I'm thinking, you know, since they're whooping Kane's ass, like, so... And, you know, the New Age Outlaws are kind of around. We may get Kane and the New Age Outlaws versus The Shield at WrestleMania. I'm calling it right now. That sounds so bad. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? Like... You know, he he's teamed up with the New Age Outlaws in the past couple of weeks. I don't know why they're getting into it with Kane. I guess they had to move Kane on to something else. Um, yeah, so I can get his ass about being a Brian. Exactly, another personal jobber. But um, the uh, I think it would be a massive waste. Like, like how does Roman how does Roman Reigns not have a single match, but Bray Wyatt does? Like, that's that's baffling to me, but. Uh, any other thing you wanted to mention on here, James, before we get up out of here? Um, let's see. I don't really know. I mean, Undertaker, oh, yeah, Brock yeah, Lesnar, yeah, great video package, by the way. We, we completely skipped over that. Yeah, they um, they had a great package. Like the whole their video package is just the whole you know thought of you know he. 
he's deaf and you know and all the guys. one thing I do, do notice is when I when they were talking about the video package they're going to show and I thought to myself okay that's that's a great idea they're going to show him beating on like Triple H and Shawn Michaels and, and CM Punk nope. and even Mark Henry and then they never showed Punk I thought that was I thought that was interesting yeah. Yeah, like CM Punk has been is the new Chris Benoit. Like we do not mention that man. We we did it one time. We were in Chicago and go to hell. Like like beyond the Walking Dead, you know Phil Brooks. But um, yes, Undertaker and Lesnar. uh, I really don't think they need to even be around to build a feud. Just like keep putting out video packages. Have Undertaker show up here and there to like do like freaky stuff with Brock Lesnar, and then bring Undertaker one in one week. You know, like I'm just hoping for one day, and just do like some post reality stuff with him. But um, like just just for like he doesn't even have to be involved. It can be like people talking about the Undertaker, like you know what's the Undertaker's phone numbers, just stuff like that. Like go people go up to Kane and be like, hey man, so. Is your brother like are they gonna break the streak? Like have you talked to him lately? Like what's going on with him? Like stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, they don't have to be around. The the match is going to be the match. Undertaker's going to win. Uh, that's you know why we really haven't spoken much on it. But um, it's almost like Cena Rock last year. We didn't get him to face off every week. We we got it like twice, and we knew what it was. So, but um, aside from that, that's going to wrap it up. We we yeah. I think this was a uh, much better show than last week's. Uh, we'll see when we listen to it back. <laughs> We're flat on 60 minutes right now. Uh, but uh, make sure you guys check out the articles. Probably we'll be posting a... Uh, I'll be working on a Cena article very soon. Not sure what website I'm going to do it for yet. I will keep you guys updated. Um, Shouts out to our listeners. Uh, James, anything to add? No, nothing. Oh, quick question. Yeah. Um... Assuming Daniel Bryan gets to the main event um, or gets to the championship match, do you think uh, what match do you what match do you think goes on last? Who oh, have to be the triple threat match? Okay, because it's the title. I know that hasn't meant as much, you know in other cases like when Rock came back but the whole thing is about you know they're building it as the main event they're main eventing Wrestlemania they're headlining Wrestlemania they brought Batista back for this they brought back you know it's the title is going to be you know the final you know chapter of the story I don't think they waste that in the undercard okay um but yeah that's going to wrap up One Nation Radio uh make sure you guys Get back with us next week. You never know when we'll have a show. Uh, if something crazy happens, and I'm thinking is is going to be time to, to do a basketball podcast soon. Um, I'll have to start catching up again. But you know, we we've had. I'm reading this book right now called Showtime with the uh, by Jeff Perlman. Um, every you know, most listeners, you know, long time listeners have you know know I'm a Laker fan and. Just reading some very fascinating things about the 1980s, you know, Lakers and Kareem and, you know, James and I can talk about basketball forever. Um, yep. You can talk about basketball better than you can talk about wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's going to wrap up One Nation Radio. We up out of here.
Later. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of One Nation Radio. Send your emails and tweets about the show now to at One Nation Radio and Radio One Nation at gmail.com to get them read on air. Be on the lookout for the next show coming soon. In the meantime, check out the articles on whatculture.com and pwmania.com, or you can click the links on Twitter. That's all for this week. We'll see you next time. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.